0: Whatever it is, the weaknesses that you feel in you, it really does not matter. We have seen in the scripture, there was this Moses. You know, Moses told the Lord, I cannot even speak properly, isn't it? I, I, I'm not a good speaker. But what did the Lord tell him? Right? I'm with you, I'll give you the words to speak. Am I not the one who gives people ma- the mouth to speak? Am I not the ones who gives people eyes? So I'll give you the words to speak. Amen? And when the Lord tells you that he'll be with you, you need to trust it. Amen? He'll give you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say at the moment, at the right time. Amen? So this encouraged me. And uh, last Sunday, you remember Pastor Lucy was saying that every time she stands here, she feels What? Butterflies, so you can imagine what I was feeling. They were bigger than butterflies. But I thank God because he has made me strong this morning. And uh, it's good to believe in God and to trust in God and not to rely on your own understanding or your own feelings, but to fully trust in God. If he sends you somewhere, you know that he is with you. So it does not matter your circumstance, right? Right? And when we fail to believe in what God tells us, right? When he gives us an assignment or the promises that he gives us and you doubt yourself, you feel inadequate, right? God does, God does not feel good. Amen? So when God sends you out and gives you an assignment, you need to believe because there are dangers in unbelief. Amen? And I like to dwell a bit on that, the dangers of unbelief. Amen? And uh, I remember when Dr. Mlongo was teaching us about the series of of, of dominion. And at one time, um, you know, he told us a story about, uh, you know, when Jesus, uh, there was this boy that Jesus healed. And the disciples had tried to pray for that boy. And, uh, you know, the boy was not healed. And when they asked Jesus, why could we not read this demon away? And Jesus told him, this type, this type needs you to do what? Pray and fast. But if you contrast that with Jesus back in his hometown, you know, the hometown of Jesus... The Bible says, and in Mark 6, if that scripture can just be uh, displayed there, in Mark 6, and Jesus, in his hometown, he did the list of miracles. Amen? He did the list of miracles. If you read in Mark chapter 6, and why so? Because the people in his hometown looked at Jesus, and they thought, this guy, from where does he get the, the powers or from where does he get these teachings, right? If we just continue like that, Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogues and many, were, many, who, heard, many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked what is this wisdom that he has been given? What is this wisdom that has been given him? That he even does miracles. You see what you know, the people from his hometown are asking? Is in this the carpenter? Is in this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph and Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Okay. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives, and is in his own house is a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. The reason Jesus could not do much in his hometown is because people Doubted him. They looked at him and looked at the circumstance that around him, you know, they knew him. He's just the boy next door, the carpenter. And they wondered, from where does he get this power to do this miracle? We have seen him grow up. He's just a normal boy. And in that hometown, he couldn't do much except just heal a few sick people. And I can tell you in his hometown, there are many people who missed out on miracles there are many people who missed out healing. There are many people who missed out a blessing because of the circumstances that are there. And it can happen even in our lives today that because of the circumstances that you see, even the messenger who brings the word to you, right, you may miss the message because you will tend to look at the speaker. And I hope somebody is not looking at me today and saying, isn't this the husband of Paris? <laughs> right? Isn't he, isn't he the father of Jeremy Jason? Who has given him the authority to come and stand here before us this morning? Don't we know him? He comes here about the buyer break project every now and then. And you may miss a message. Amen? That was meant to you. And sometimes not me. It could be even our pastor that he stands here and he's sharing some word. But because maybe we are used to him, right? We have a perception that you feel on this one, you, you don't even want to listen to that message. And what happens? You miss what? You miss the message for you. You miss a blessing. You miss healing that was sent to you, right? Just because of the circumstance or the perception that you had that made you limited. Maybe because of a, an incident that happened sometime. And everything around you is about that person, not about the message. And I'm not saying that we have to believe every single person who speaks. Right? We, the word of God can be tested, isn't it? It's available for test. It's available for reproof. Right? And, and, and we have seen in the Bible, like the Bereans, they used to do what? Even after Paul... Uh, preaching to them, what did they do? They used to go back and read and check. Was was Paul really telling us the truth? Because the word of God is available for testing, for reproof. You can go and check the message so that you should not miss a message that has been sent to you because of the circumstance of the messenger or the person who is bringing that message. And so in his hometown... Jesus missed that. And if you look at Mark 6.6, 6, Jesus was amazed. Look at what Jesus says. And he, was, and he was amazed at their lack of faith. For Jesus, it was surprising that he could do a lot. Right? And you contrast that with what he was saying, that he, 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 he prayed for that boy and read off that boy's demons, and he said, uh, this one is because of, this one needs to be, can be driven only by prayer and fasting, but in this case, even though Jesus was the son of God, he did very little in his hometown, and he was amazed by the level, that, by the level of the unbelief or lack of faith, and this morning, i like to tell you, uh, my brothers and sisters, that Unbelief is dangerous. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And a heart, a heart of unbelief, if you have, a heart of unbelief grieves God. And this year I've kept on repeating this message over and over again because I feel many of the times that we are missing out even on healing. We are missing out on our blessings we are missing out on the assignments that we are supposed to undertake why because we have a heart of unbelief we want to put it into our own understanding we want to put everything into the science that we have been taught in school and sometimes we miss it and the bible tells us in hebrews 3:12 that See to it, brethren, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from God. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. And a heart of unbelief will make you Miss your destiny will make you miss your promises. You remember the children of Israel? God did for them a lot of things, isn't it? He showed them a lot of miracles. He, he, did, them a lot, you know, he did for them a lot of things. But they used to murmur every now and then. And they used to have doubts in their heart. Every time they faced out a, a situation, they doubted God. And this used to grieve God a lot. And the Bible says, if you continue in Hebrews 3.19, they were not able to enter. Hebrews Hebrews 3.19, they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. They did not go to the promised land. They were not able to enter the promised land. And God was very, very disappointed with them. And it happens even now that when we, Refuse, or when we doubt, or when we do not believe, it grieves God, it makes God very disappointed, and especially after God has done for you a lot of things. And all of us, God has done for us things in our lives that we can look back. Right? If He did for you those things that you look back and count and see, unasema apanimung today you're faced by a similar situation and you doubt God, right? And you fall back into your own understanding, right? You are looking for a job and God has opened for you doors previously. But today, because it's been a bit longer, you want to succumb into committing sin or doing something that is not right before the eyes of God. Why? Because you feel on this situation You doubt God Yet you know very well He has done for you in the past And He is able To do for you Even now If you trust His word It does not take It's not I mean God is never late It may take time But God has promised that he'll do it for you. Amen? Amen. Praise the name of the living God. And therefore the children of Israel were not able to enter just uh, because they doubted. And when you look at um, how God feels about that, especially in Numbers 14, 11, 12, God felt that They actually treated him with contempt. You know, because of unbelief. He felt that they treated him with contempt. The Lord said to Moses, how long will people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me? So when we refuse to believe in God, we are treating him with contempt. How long will they refuse to believe in me? In spite of the miraculous signs I have Performed among them. And God says, I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them, but I will make you into a nation greater and stronger than them. God had showed them a lot of miracles, did for them a lot of miraculous signs. The ten plagues, you know, crossing the Red Sea um, in the desert. They used to be led by a pillar of of cloud during the day, you know, and a fire at night. They used to see these things. But when it came to every difficult situation they faced, what did they do? They doubted God. They used to feel like, no, 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 no. We need to, we were brought here to suffer. We were brought here to to die. And they doubted God. And look at how God feels. He feels very disappointed and vows to destroy them. And actually in this story, it's Moses who pleaded to God and said, God, what will the nation say if you destroy them here? They'll feel like, you know, they'll say the God who brought them, brought them to the desert to die or be killed. And, 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 and God just allowed them to rotate in the same area. But they will never, until that generation, everyone who was 20 years and above, rotating there for 40 years, for 40 years, and sometimes even in our lives, We rotate the same place. You know, we are not making progress. Why? Because we have failed to do what? To believe. Praise be to the name of the living God. Amen? Brethren, we need to believe in God. Only Caleb, if you read Numbers 14, uh, 30, only Caleb and Joshua were able to enter there. And the reason why is because they are the only one out of the twelve who did what who believed because the rest of their 10 spies came back and said the land is good but it has what giants and they looked at themselves and felt they were like grasshoppers in the name of in the, in the before the giants and a lot of times you are given assignments and the assignments are big but we need to trust God that he will be with us. Do not make God feel disappointed about us because the assignment will be big. Can you imagine the guys, the 10 guys, seeing those giants, right? Even if it was you at this particular time, you were sent there and you saw those giants, you know how your flesh feels like. You get scared, isn't it? You get scared. But once God has told you that he's going to give you this assignment, he will be with you. I can tell you, my, my, my friends, one time I was asked to go and do a certain assignment in my workplace. And uh, it, was, it was a big assignment. And every time I was trying to speak to some people, a few friends here and there, I remember one of them told me, Uh, look, you have seen there are three managers who have been taken there and you have seen what has happened to them. Look at their quality. Look at their level. Look at their education, right? And I looked at that and I can tell you I was scared. But I sought uh, the advice of a man of God and it's good to seek the advice of men of God. And he told me that if the Lord is with you, Right, he will see you through that situation. He will see you through that assignment. And I chose to believe that man of God. And I went to take up an assignment in one of the regions that we had a lot of problems in our organization. And I I can tell you, I was the least qualified among the people who had been given that assignment and had given up after a short while. And when I went there, I had no idea. I remember before I went there, our CEO called me and asked me, so what's your strategy? And there was no strategy. (laughs) Right? I was just moving there because of what that that man of God had told me. That if the Lord is with you, he will see you through. And I can tell you, today as I stand here, that was the most successful assignment I've ever been given. And if... If I look back how everything happened, I can can testify that none was my doing. The Lord used to deliver things every day before my hands just because I trusted the Lord. And if today I was asked what I did, it would be very difficult to explain to someone, right? Right? But it moved my life from where I used to be to where I am today. And I want to thank God and fully trust God. Today, I believe that any task that God brings forward to me. And I'm happy Dr. Mlongo said if today he was appointed the minister of lands. If he was appointed the minister of lands, he will go there and change things. Because he believes the Lord is With him. You know? It's a difficult task if you are called to do that. But if you believe that the Lord is with you. And I hope today I can encourage someone here. That if you believe the Lord is with you. No matter the level, the task that is ahead of you. The Lord will deliver you. Amen? So let's trust and believe in God. Because... On the flip side, if you do not believe God on an assignment that he has called you, what will happen to you? You will be rotating at the same place like the children of Israel. And you will not enter the land of promise. Inasmuch as you will miss that opportunity that is ahead of you, you also face the repercussion of failing to believe God. So it's not just missing that opportunity that God gave you to trust and believe Right, and it was for your benefit, for your growth. Like the children of Israel, this was the land given to them—a land of flowing with milk and honey. It was theirs, given. But the punishment was not that uh, because you missed out, no, you'll stay here. No, they were actually destroyed because they failed to believe God, and belief is very dangerous for us as Christians. Because it is not that you are just missing an opportunity, you are also going to face the repercussion of unbelief. And so in every assignment, in everything that you are called upon to do, it is good to check what does the Lord say about the situation. And many places in the Bible, you will see that God is not happy when we Lack faith when we have a spirit of unbelief. You remember in the the story of uh, the storm, in Luke chapter 8, verse 22 to 25, when Jesus told his disciples, let us cross to the other side. And his disciples, you know, he's, he's God. When he tells you, let us cross to the other side, you need to trust that, that you'll cross to the other side. And when they were in that boat, and it was rocking, and these guys got so scared. You, yeah, you can read there. Let's go over to the... On day, one day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep a squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped or being rocked and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we are going to drown. In some verses actually it says, don't you care, we are going to die, right? They woke him up and see what so He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters, and the storm subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In some verses, it actually says he rebuked them. Right? He was disappointed by them. Why was he disappointed? Right? Why was he disappointed? Because they did not believe. He's asking them, where is your faith? So what did, he, what, what did Jesus ex- expect them to do? For me, he expected them to stand and say, be still. Amen? To have faith and to trust in the power or in the authority that Jesus had already given them. Amen? Amen? But fear got into these people. One time I was uh, asked to go and speak in a very small church somewhere. And the moment I just stood there in the podium, there was a wind that blew like this one. You know that that rotating wind? And it was so big, you know? Immediately I had been given a mic. The wind was so strong, you know, shaking everything. And that was a small mabati church and it was shaking and in my heart I was just saying maybe I'm not supposed to stand here (laughs) or or maybe the altars in this area you know things went through my mind and I can tell you for a moment I was scared you know the things that ran into my, my mind that because there was a small fence on that side and the wind blew the fence and I could see from the window you know If I was not a man, I would have run away. (laughs) And let me tell you, something came to my mind from this verse. Say, be still. You know? And I took the mic, and at first I said, be still. And then I gathered courage and said, be still. And I can tell you, the wind subsided. Right? And the belief, okay, I also even doubted after that. Is it because I said, <laughs> or, it, or it, was just, it was just going down? <laughs> and these doubts come in our lives. These doubts come in our lives. Even when, the God, even when God has shown you, you still feel like, it was just, the wind was just. But the reason that made me believe, it's because of that voice that brought me this scripture and told me, just say, be still. And I can tell you the wind go- went down. And I don't know what I'll have done because uh, you know some people, you are new in that church, you don't know anyone, I've just been invited by uh, a friend and, and, and you, you don't know what people will say, you know? Is he, <laughs> what is he coming with? You know that our altar is refusing him. But I thank God, because if you trust in God, he has given us the authority in his name. But when we do not, like in this case, Jesus rebuked his disciples. Oh, you of little faith, right? And it happens a lot in our lives that we, during such storms, We forget that even Jesus is in the boat. And we forget that they had seen the miracles that Jesus had done over time, over and over again. Healing people, raising the dead, and they are here scared. They forget about the things that the Lord had done for them. Amen? We need to remember the things that the Lord has done for us. Because the things that the Lord has done for you, will make you believe even about the things that are ahead of you. The challenges that we are facing today. Because of what the Lord did for us yesterday, we can conquer the things that are ahead of us today. And so, what should we do about it? And there's a story that has been you know very interesting in my life uh, this year and we even read it i think uh, uh, Dr Mlongo read it uh, uh, the, the last time he was standing here mark chapter nine verse seventeen you know about this 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 man who whose son had been you know possessed by a Uh, a deaf and mute spirit. Chapter 9. Yeah, if you read this story, a man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him uh, of speech. Wherever it seizes him, It throws him to the ground. He forms at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit but they could not. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. First of all, look at that reply from Jesus. For him is a bit disappointing, isn't it? Oh, unbelieving generation. Because for him, The reason why, first of all, even this boy is not being healed, before you even go to prayer and fasting, there is a basis of unbelief. And so he says, Oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. You know, Jesus is feeling a bit disappointed. And I think sometimes we make him feel like that. That no matter how many times we are taught about this, we are taught about this, we are taught about this, including me, we still fall into this unbelief thing. And God and Jesus here is just feeling like, how long shall he put up with you, you unbelieving generation? For how long shall he put up with you for failing, for lacking, for refusing to believe Yet he has done for you many things, showed you many miraculous signs, like God was saying. I have shown them many miraculous signs, but we still do not believe. So they brought him, so they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around forming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can Say Jesus. And look at that word again. You know? Look at that word again. Already Jesus has, you know, is not happy about these doubts because the Father is asking Jesus if you can do anything. You know? That, that question is like, it has doubts in it. Right? Come on, Ezra. Does someone never pray here and say, Mungu, ka do you, do you pray like that? If, if, if you can, you know? If you can, it's all right. If you can't, it's fine. <laughs> you know, it's like saying like that. If you can, do it for me. If you can, if you can't, nisawatu. It's like, this is, this is what this father was saying. And Jesus picked it up, you know? It's a small statement, but if you see Jesus picking it up, it's because it is disappointing that he is Jesus, and this person has heard a lot about him, but he's doubting. He has some doubt in his heart. And you can't blame him. This child was like that since childhood. This man must have gone places. For those who are parents, you you have to do everything. You will try. You will take them to different preachers, they pray, and actually this man had just a few moments back, he had taken this child from. This child had just been prayed by who? The disciples of Jesus. And they had cast demons. Toka, Shindua, Kilakitu. After doing that, the spirit was. So you can understand why this man also had some doubt. But Jesus is still not happy. Right? Despite that, he's still not happy. So ask asking, if you can, if I can, or if you can, say Jesus. But Jesus says, everything is possible for him who believes. What does everything mean? Everything, one of our pastors used to tell us that everything means everything minus nothing. Right? Everything means everything. Right? So everything is possible for him who believes. Right? Just imagine about that word everything that we are being told here. Everything. Enos. Everything. It does not matter what. You're the one who tries to define. We say, realistically, you're the one who says like that. Realistically, this can't happen. Because you're looking at it from your own eyes. But here he says, God says, everything is possible for him who believes. Amen? Amen. Are you there and you believe? Can I see the hand of a believer? Are you believing that Jesus can do that situation that you think is difficult? Amen? And I'm not talking here about just our Buy a Brick project, right? But many situations in our lives, including healing, and a lot... In fact, about healing, that we need to fully believe God despite the fact, despite the report that we hear, the report that uh, is always being told to us, you will not make it, this one in Akuanga, this one kills people, this one does like that. We need to believe in God, that everything is possible to him who believes. And so, as we read that story, I like this father because he says, he quickly realizes and say, I do believe. And he asks Jesus what? Help me overcome my belief. Amen? And I think that is the situation that we all need to get to. That in all these situations that we have faced and we had doubts, we need to go before the Lord and say, Jesus, I do believe, but also help me with to overcome my unbelief. We need to go to God and say, yes, I believe. Help with my unbelief. And you see what Jesus next says. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you. Come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he is dead. And, and, and at that point, I was just wondering how many times, you know, your, something has changed about your situation. But you see, even the people who are there seeing that, this, the doubt is still there. Because for them to say, he's dead, you know, uh, that many said, he's dead. You know, doubt is still at every point that they are see, still feeling like, I Or kame metoka, uyoki jana me, kufa. <laughs> doubt creeping at every angle of our circumstance. And look at thou, how that devil... Uh, or demon behaves when it's being rid of that boy, it causes a sin, eh? a show, right? When it's being defeated, and it happens when you are just getting that victory of yours. You've been praying for your family, of a situation that has been happening for your family, and when that situation is being defeated, it causes a sin, it causes, you know, so that if you are not fully believing in God, you can easily fall into doubt that you are making progress. But I'm telling you this morning that the Lord is with you. And he has given you victory. No matter how that circumstance looks like, whether that cademon or whatever or that situation when going out, it is causing a sin of violence or wherever it is, it is defeated in Jesus' name. Amen? And you need to trust God, even during that curve, that things look like they are going now deeper, right? Do not relent. We need to keep on believing in God. And that time will come in our lives, in, our, in different seasons in our, in, our, in our lives, when we are just getting the victory, like this boy, getting the healing, that that convulsion shook him violently, and he looked like he's dead. But Jesus is with you. Amen? Just like he was with this family. Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, what could we drive it out? And we have discussed about that. But what I like to just stress from that message is a lesson from this man that we all need as Christians to learn that though he had the doubt, he came He quickly realized his mistakes. And we need to quickly realize our mistake so that we do not face destruction by sticking on our own understanding, our own beliefs. We should be like this man that when you have realized that you have had these doubts in your life, that you should go to God and say, help me overcome my unbelief. Right? And that statement, when you look at it, is heavy. First he says, I believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Which shows that even if he's saying he's believing, he's facing those doubts in his life because of what he has seen happening in the past. And therefore, today, this afternoon, we need to go to the Lord and ask him to help us with our unbelief and declare before God, that we now believe, that we now trust him for the situations in our lives and even the situations of others. You saw the story of that guy who was paralyzed and his friends carried him and when they wanted to bring him to Jesus to be prayed for, the place was so crowded, they couldn't get a place to bring, to bring him closer to Jesus and they put him, they, 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 they put him over the roof, you know, and looked at a way of just uh, putting him down from the roof. I don't know what they used, whether they are ropes or what it is, but they brought him. And what did this say? Because of their faith, because of the faith of these people, because of the belief of these people who brought that person who was paralyzed, this man was healed. Amen? And therefore that we can also believe about the situation of others who are sick, who are facing situation and fully believe in God that he will rescue them, he will heal them, he will deliver them from unforgiveness and other things. Because unforgiveness is also a type of unbelief. Actually, unforgiveness is unbelief. That you do not believe God, he will take care of that situation. That you do not believe God, that you will avenge on your behalf. That's why you're saying, I will, not believe, I will not forgive this person. The reason you're saying you'll not forgive this person is because you are falling into unbelief. And that is sin. Because if you believe God, that he says, I'll take care of this situation, then you'll do what? You will forgive Amen? And unbelief is sin. So, and how do we know what God wants in the situation? Like I said, we need to seek the word of God. God speaks every day. Through what? Through his word. He speaks every day through his word. And we need to know what his word says. Because the Bible says, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. Lack of even knowing what the word of God says. And in every situation, please know what God says. And like I gave an example of how I was given an assignment and how it went. Before that, I went through a certain season where I felt, as a young convent um, convert, that I, had, I was facing persecution in the place that I worked. And I was looking for a job, really looking for something else to do. And I tried to look at an answer from scripture. And I was directed to, you know, when I was really looking, God give me a word on what I need to do. Because I was not seeing an opportunity anywhere. And that time I was directed to a scripture that said, go back and submit the person who was mistreating or the one who I was feeling he's really persecuting me go back and submit when I was looking at you know direction the word of God what it says and I went to Genesis 16 9 I mean that particular time when say when I was praying God give me the direction let, let your scriptures direct me on what to do. I went directly to that word. And it said, and this story is about, uh, you know, Hagar. She was running away from Sarai because Sarah was mistreating her. And so she decided to do what? To run away. And when she met the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord told her, uh, What? Go back and submit. And uh, today we were just discussing in the car with my sister and my wife, and uh, my wife was telling me women can really be tough because, you know, who brought Sarah to? Who brought Sarah to Abraham? Yeah? I no, who brought Hagar. It's Sarah, isn't it? Because she felt I'm um, aging and I cannot get a child. And so my wife was telling me, when, 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 when Hagar had a child, she, starts, she started despising who? Sarah. And Sarah felt so bad. And you know what? Sarah went to, to Abraham and said, what? You're the one who brought this woman to me. <laughs> right? And uh, so my sister said, you men need to know that you are the head of the house. So you have to take every responsibility. You cannot go and tell <laughs> So if you are brought or your wife tells you to do something, right, you will still face the blame. And you cannot say, you know, uh, the reason why you're the one. You cannot start arguing that you know, you wentikujana your idea. me, I never even had a thought. I've never even thought it. You're the one who came and told me, it's because men we have been given that responsibility to be head of the house. So when you are told this, I think Abraham should have, you know, used to wisdom or interrogated and looked at scriptures and directed the wife. Told him, no, 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 the Lord has promised us. Let us wait. We say, okay, say say? The blame still fell on him. But he was a wise man. And that's why he said, you deal with that, your housemate, the way you you please. And coming back to this this scripture that I was directed to. And sometimes the scripture will not tell you what you want to hear. Right? I wanted to hear something nice. I wanted to hear, uh, go tomorrow (laughs) to some place and you will meet... Another guy who will usher you in his office and your salary will be doubled. The word was like, go back and submit. And I can tell you for two years I worked under that plan. Because every time I looked at him, that thing ringed in my mind. Go back and do what? Submit. And the rest is history. I have to come into that assignment that I was given and I realized that all that being pushed down and, you know, a lot of work and everything, it was a preparation for the next assignment. And therefore, when I see you are in your workplace, you really want to quit because of some little challenges, do not quit before you seek the voice of the Lord. You, could be, you are being prepared for a bigger assignment. But what happens? You quit and you can't even get a job. Because you have not believed God. You have, first of all, you have not sought what God says, right? And the reason you have not sought what God says is because you don't even believe in God. So there is unbelief. So you quit. It's your own reasoning. And what happens? Right? You start suffering. Now you're looking for a job that is paying less than where you left. Because you quit. It is that season that you're being prepared, you're being uh, modeled, right? You're being, you know, it is a season you're passing through that is going to make you better and prepare you for the assignment that is before you. And I just want to say that whatever you ask for in prayer, believe and it shall be done to you. Amen? Amen. Um, I think time is gone. I just like to ask you that we all stand up and just pray. First, pray that God may help us overcome our unbelief. And as we do so, I like you to trust God today. If you are sick, I want you to trust God. If someone you know is sick, your parent, your brother your sister, your friend is sick or going any situation and I want you to believe today and if you have doubt in your heart pray that God helps you overcome the unbelief and I want us to trust God fully for healing for breakthrough that which you yourself know Trust God fully for him to give you victory today. of healing or whatever that situation is in our lives, that today it shall never be the same again. For that who was sick, you are receiving your healing. And just request the praise and worship team. Because, you know, the Bible says, if for those who are, let the sick say they are healed. And not just saying, but also believe that you are healed. That if someone is sick today, let them say they are healed. And confess that healing, despite the fact that you are still maybe even feeling some pain. Trust God that you are healed and confess that healing. Amen? Amen. Let the poor say they are rich. Confess it. Confess it and believe it. Amen? And so as a praise and worship.